Welcome back to the Joyride podcast. Today, I have the honor of having Georgia Perkins on. I'm going to let her give her own intro because I don't want to speak for her. So welcome to the podcast, Georgia. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Um, So yeah, I guess a little intro. I'm an integrative nutrition health coach, holistic nutritionist, content creator, all the things. Um, And yeah, we've obviously done a wonderful session together. So that's how we connected. And you're obviously in Austin. I was in Austin for almost five years. And then recently, just within the past, I guess, several months moved to Florida. So yeah, it's a little background. Yeah. So before we get into Georgia's story and asking her all of the questions, just a little background about us meeting. So I told Georgia this when I first met her, but I had seen her at Solid Core downtown in Austin. <laughs> and she, it's so funny because we are the same profile in human design. We are both the 6'2, the exemplary human. And there was just this energy that you gave off of like, this girl has her shit together. Almost like, <laughs> I, don't know if I was scared to say something, but I'd recognized you because yeah. I think being a wellness blogger, influencer, you're well known in my world. So I'd followed you for a while yeah. and I'd known who you were. And I don't know, there was just a little bit of resistance. So then we met and I had reached out to you about doing a session All and right. we're so open and so receptive. And just from the moment that we started chatting, I'm like, this girl is just such good energy. That's such a compliment. And it's so mutual. I feel like you just have, I'm sure too, I mean, you've interviewed and done sessions with so many people that there's just sometimes you talk to people, you're like, wow, this is so easy and flows Yes, so nicely. And sometimes it's a little bit harder and it's nice. You feel like you meet people and it's just, it's more fluid and that's always nice. Yes, it is. There was just this flow there, this resonance. You just had such good, open, receptive type of energy. And we had found out that we have mutual friends. And I was super upset because I had found out that you had just left Austin after being here for a few years. So kind of walk me through your your background. I know that you are in Florida now, but how long were you in Austin? Why were you in Austin? Why'd you move to Florida? Yeah. So I was obviously in Austin for, it's like almost five years, like a little over four and a half years. Uh, and I moved to Austin after graduating college, but had spent a lot of time there growing up. I have family in Texas and I actually went to summer camp outside of Austin as a kid for like 10 years and mm-hmm. just have a lot of friends from that area. And anyway, so that was sort of the pull to, to Austin originally I just spent a lot of time as a kid and just always really loved the city. So that's what pulled me there post college. But I think also just the fact that it had, you know, a good wellness scene and it's very outdoorsy and all those things were obviously super attractive to me and ended up basically after school, I was like, I know I want to be in Austin, but I don't know what I want to do. And I was very mm-hmm. much one of those that graduated and felt very lost. And wow. I, I knew in the big scene that I, wanted to be in health and wellness in some capacity, but just was, it was not clear as to what that looked like, which I think so many people can probably resonate with. Right. Um, ended up moving to Austin because I, at least I knew I wanted that piece and I had that sort of figured out, but ended up working as a technical recruiter for like an IT staffing firm, which is so not in the realm of anything that I wanted to do. But at that point I was like, I need a job and I need to do something. So went and like kind of had my corporate experience and very quickly realized that that was just not it for me and mm-hmm. super happy. Definitely had like a nice quarter life crisis breakdown of the century. Naturally. And yeah, naturally everyone has it. Mine happened pretty quickly after college, but sort of at that time, I feel like that was just a low, like a very low period of life and just felt very lost. Unsure as what I wanted to do, but, uh, at that time, I started my blog slash like social media, goodness of G, really for fun because I just was feeling so, I guess, disconnected from anything that brought me joy. And I didn't really have any like creative outlet, maybe, and way to feel connected to like the health and wellness space. So, started my blog really for fun, 
and obviously began spending so much more time on it because I enjoyed creating recipes and sharing wellness hacks and things like that. And over the time, I sort of learned about this program for the through the Institute of for Integrative Nutrition, which is where I ended up getting my health coaching certification. And then that sort of built my business, was able to take on clients, and it kind of just evolved over time. So yeah, then it's obviously now that's what I do full time is coaching slash still working on my social media blog, all that good stuff. So that's kind of just like the brief journey over the past five years. But your question was in Austin. And then we moved in February of this year to Florida for my husband's job. So uh, that really wasn't had, had nothing to do with my career necessarily, but it's been so fun. It's been a nice kind of exciting new chapter. And uh, yeah, we're still pretty fresh to it, but that's sort of the, the how we got here now scenario. Yeah. I can totally relate to you when it comes to the whole, like just this feeling of wanting to be in Austin because Austin yeah. is very, very well connected in the health and wellness holistic type of space. Definitely. I'm also a Florida girly as well. I go there more often now because I have a lot of family that lives there. Yeah. And I find that Florida has a lot of the same benefits as Austin mm-hmm. does. Do you now having lived there for how, how long have you been there? How many months? We moved like very beginning of February. So we've been here, what, five months? Yeah. What, okay. Now in July, five, okay. almost six. Yeah. Five months is a good amount of time. Have you found like another type of health and wellness community in Florida? Yes, it's it's different, you know, and obviously, I mean, Florida, because I feel like, you know, when we said we were moving here, you know, everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's all the old people. Like, I think people have such like, a generalization of like what, I guess any state would have that. But, uh, you know, obviously there's so many different areas and a lot of different cultures. And I mean, you, you've spent time down here, you know, there's- yeah so many different layers of different types of people and which is great but we are definitely more I guess you'd say more residential perhaps than we were in Austin like we were I lived down in Austin for alone like in an apartment for three and a half years then I lived with my husband for a little over a year I guess um in a house in the east side so we were just like really close to downtown so it's just different in sense of like that sort of more residential versus more of an urban vibe. Um, but in terms of, and because of that, obviously your access to like a young community of wellness minded people, it's a little bit different, but honestly, it's exactly where I think we wanted to be. And Mm. I think we had kind of milked Austin for what we needed. Like what we needed out of it. I feel like I got it at that time. And we were ready for a different like environment and change. And obviously there are aspects of being in a place like Austin or New York or LA or whatever, where there are big wellness communities of like a bunch of 25 year olds. And, you know, it's yeah, endless. I mean, there obviously are benefits of that and fun events and ways to connect with people, but it also could be really overwhelming, I think. And mm-hmm. after, you know, doing that for, almost five years, I was like, you know, I think I'm ready just to like slow it down and have time to focus on not just my business, but like my spouse and not feel like we're being pulled in a million different directions with, you know, work and and friends and family and that kind of stuff. So it's been a really great, like, just slow down opportunity. And he and I have been more focused on each other and work. And in those ways, it's been really nice. So I know that's kind of all over the place, but I do miss aspects to your point of like the, w- that wellness community. Yeah. I do think that there are definitely people that are interested in wellness, but perhaps it's more like people that are just wanting to be wellness focused versus people doing that for work and like influencer. Right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just a different vibe. Yeah. And I liked what you said about it can be very overwhelming at times because you do have this access to people. I mean, before moving here to Austin, I had never, never had access to the people that I do now have in my community when it comes to people who actually integrate 
this sense of spirituality and wellness into the work and not just, okay, I like to eat healthy and I like to go to workout classes. They're doing this for their job. So at times, I mean, I'm obviously so grateful that there are so many people around me, but it can be very overwhelming at times. But I think something about you and being a generator specifically is you create that energy for wherever you go. Right. For you being in this more suburban residential type of area, I mean, I follow you on Instagram. You still continue to live a very holistic, grounded wellness type of lifestyle, even if you don't have this access that you once had living in the city. It's just in a different atmosphere now. I I completely agree. And honestly, in a lot of ways, I actually think it's been beneficial to not only my, like my business, quote unquote, but like my mental health. And, you know, again, it's never like I, I, we were not hating Austin or dying to leave. Like it was circumstantial with his job, but I do think that it's forced me to focus more on my own, you know, routines and what makes me happy and the kind of content that I want to create and, you know, what brings me joy versus, what are all my friends doing? What's every other influencer in Austin, Austin doing? There was, I really found like there was a lot of times where I fell into that comparison because you're surrounded by people that are constantly in your sphere, not just as friends, but as people in your industry. And obviously there's so many pros to that. And I think it was a, it's a wonderful opportunity to network and connect with people and have that like-minded group, which I think there was a time, especially when I was unsure as to what I wanted to do, really needing some guidance and looking for those sort of supportive people that were to your point, not just into wellness, but you were actually building a business out of it. It was very inspiring and it really helped me at a certain time in my quote unquote career. But I also think that it can get to a place where you feel like you're focused so much on what everyone else is doing that I at least felt like I was more focused on that and there's a lot of anxiety around that or comparison totally. and you're not as focused on, you know, what kind of content do I want to create and what feels aligned with me and having a little bit more space in the breathing room in my life and my brain has actually sparked so much more creativity and just a sense of calm. I don't feel quite so pulled in a bunch of different directions and comparing myself to everyone around me quite so much. That's That's been a really nice... Yeah. Wow. Can I relate to that comparison (laughs) aspect? And I know that there's a lot of resonance here because we are both that six to exemplary human. It's like, I have to continuously remind myself. It's kind of like a double-edged sword living somewhere where you're constantly surrounded by people who are very much so alike you in some ways, but also I'm my own entity. I'm my own individual yes, I'm in this holistic wellness sphere, but I'm also Rebecca and I'm, I'm so different than everyone else. So also reminding myself to not engage in, you know, following and keeping up to date with what all these other coaches are doing and how they go about their business. You can very easily fall into that comparison game trap. I totally agree. And I think too, it's, you know, and I'm sure you feel this too, being in a similar sphere slash social environment. It's one of those things that it can be kind of hard because the lines get very blurred between business and friendship, mm-hmm. which is again, to your point, a double-edged sword, because it's wonderful to feel like not only do I, you know, get to connect with these people over in like in a business sense, whether it's not like we're coworkers because we all have our own thing, but right. you can do events together, you can do these things, but Sometimes they, I felt like it can be so businessy that you're like, okay, are we, are we friends or are we like, you know, business acquaintances, you know? And sometimes I felt like I really just wanted to have moments with people where I'm like, let's just, I don't want to talk about what course we're launching, what yes. event we're doing, what we're doing. Like I, you know, I want to be friends at with that person and vice versa. So I guess really too, it can be sort of the double-edged sword that is doing similar things to what we do for work is you're so deeply involved in it that you're the lines between like personal life and business life are kind of blurred. And that can go, like I said, into friendships as well, but it's even, you know, your, your work 
life balance is a little bit different than the average person because it's hard totally. to differentiate between you as the person and you as the coach. I think it's just having that self-awareness of discerning between I mean, there are so many times for me where I get so caught up in I'm Rebecca, the human design coach. I'm the entrepreneur. I'm the podcast host now. Sometimes I just want to be with my friends and just chill and just live life. I know. Just like not think about all of these other, all of the work things because yeah, it's really hard when you are working for yourself and you're so multifaceted. And I know that you are you know, you're not just a health coach, but you're an influencer, you're a blogger, you, you play so many roles, and you do them very, very well. So how do you discern between moving and between playing all those parts? Do you put yourself on a very strict regimen and schedule every day? And do you give yourself and each of these roles the same amount of time and energy? Or does it all depend on the day and where you're at in your journey? That's a great question. I wish that I could say that I was organized enough maybe to have a more prescribed like breakdown of how much time I'm everything, but I'm sure you can relate to it. Every day is a little different. And, you know, in terms of, do I have clients this day or am I focusing on my website this day? Or there's everything's a little bit different. And that's sort of the beautiful thing about doing what I do is that I have that flexibility. I don't think that that kind of schedule is for everybody. You know, I have a lot of people that will ask me, you know, I'm interested in health coaching or doing what you do or those kinds of things. And there's so many people that I think are thrive in that kind of self-driven environment. But I also think there's a lot of people that would crumble because there is no structure. So you have to be a very organized and self-motivated type of person, which just my personality lends itself well to what I do because i if anything, I'm over-functioning, I need to calm down, you know, I'm trying to get yeah. too many accomplished. But I would say that I, like I said earlier, the fact that what I'm doing and sharing on my page or, or whatever it is, in a lot of ways, it sort of seamlessly integrates into my life. And it's not something that I feel like I have to go out of my way to share about my, you know, wellness habits or, you know, the recipes that I'm sharing are things that I'm making for dinner. You know, it's things that are already right. a part of my life. And that's what I'm so, I'm very grateful. And I do not take that for granted that I'm able to translate things that are already important to me and that I'm already dedicating time to into my business. So I guess there are pros and cons of those things where in daily life tasks and things like that can always be opportunities to create content or to, totally. you know, to, so it's, Again, you know, people would probably be crying me river. That's great. So I wouldn't want it any other way. But like I said, it can definitely be challenging, I guess, to sort of differentiate between like life and work time because those things just, they're so seamlessly ingrained in what I do. So it is nice to have times, for example, last, or I guess a couple weeks ago, I was on vacation with my family, just like a family trip, which we haven't done in a while and actually not doing any work and not looking at my email, not doing like worrying about, you know, completing certain tasks and things like that is really nice. But I feel like I have to almost force myself to, to do those things because Mm -hmm. weekends aren't necessarily weekends totally off and that kind of stuff. So it's a wonderful thing to be able to do what I do, but you know, it's, it can be challenging too, and that you don't have distinct times where you're just working on one thing. It's kind of a little bit of everything every day. Yeah. I have found that I more oftentimes than I would like to admit struggle with keeping that sense of discipline because, you know, I can sleep in later. I can go to bed later. I don't have to necessarily be working on my computer computer right. clock. So it's right. me, me being disciplined enough to know that, okay, if mm-hmm. I am like consciously and intentionally wanting to create this, this business and this lifestyle for myself, it's up to me in order to put that energy forward. Right. Yes. It looks very different every single day, but also it's knowing when to tune in and tune out. And I loved what you said about sometimes. And a lot of times those lines get blurred between, okay, can I just enjoy this meal that I'm eating and not think, okay, well, I should be filming this and editing it and, you know, making it into content for Instagram. How do you 
really discern between what's for just you and just your husband and mm-hmm. what's for, you know, your clients for your Instagram followers. Right. That's again, a really great question. And I think I've gotten so much better at discerning that over time. I think there should, you know, you like anything, you get more comfortable doing it as you go. And I started my social media slash blog and all the things four and a half years ago. So it's, it's not something that I figured out overnight. Like, I think I felt a lot more and anxiety to constantly go, go, go and create content and do this and do that earlier on, because you just, you see what everyone else is doing. It's similar to the conversation we're having about, you know, being in a city where there's a lot of people in your quote industry around you. I think I spent so much more time earlier on looking at what other people were posting and sharing and feeling like I needed to do the same thing. And it created a lot of anxiety in a lot of ways because you just feel like you're constantly kind of on this hamster wheel trying to keep up. Mm-hmm. But I do think that again, over time, you just build some confidence and you kind of find a rhythm that works for you. And it's sort of just intuitively knowing, you know, this is not the time that I need to be filming our dinner on a date night with my husband. But sometimes yeah. when you're like, okay, I have time to do this. And I'm also lucky to, you know, he's someone that is always like, great, go for it. He doesn't get his panties in a wad about me, like wanting to, you know, film a recipe and he has to wait there, you know, to eat his dinner until I've like yeah. completed the thing. It's so obviously that's nice to have that kind of support, but you know, I've heard this so much over the years and I think it does it just reign true in basically anything in this conversation, but amongst others too, it's kind of the idea of creating more than you consume. And mm-hmm. I think that there's so much to that. And kind of like I was saying, I think I spent so much time like consuming other people's content that it put this pressure on me to feel like I needed to constantly be, you know, creating stuff, but sort of the, the unintended consequence of consuming other people's content so much is that it actually took away from the time that I could be creating good content. <laughs> and so I'm like, if I just totally put that out a little bit and focus on what I'm doing, I create so much more valuable content. And not all of it's great. Like you have to yeah. shoot things and create stuff. That's also terrible, <laughs> but that's part of it too. But at least I'm focusing on, you know, creating value versus just absorbing other people's things, you know? Absolutely. I constantly have to remind myself of that. Rebecca, are you creating or are you consuming? And I'm a human. And sometimes, yes, I just want to have a little scroll on Instagram, but something that I, something I very much so admire about you is you give me so many different sides of you. Yes. You're Georgia, the health coach. Yes. You're Georgia, the influencer, which you'll sometimes just post photos of like your cute outfit. Like I love your style. And I love when you post about your fashion content, but I also love your recipes, you know, like the recipes that you make for your husband that he loves. But I also love when you give me just a weekend recap of you showing your dog and you at the beach and like, you really show us every single side of you. And I think that's something that I gravitate towards because at the end of the day, being a creator, being an entrepreneur, you have to channel into what do I want to create? And also what do you gravitate towards? So I don't necessarily gravitate towards the influencers and the bloggers and the vloggers out there that have these perfectly curated Instagrams. Like Mm -hmm. I shy away from that. I don't like that. I like coming to someone's page like yours where it almost seems like this comes very naturally and very easy to you, which I know that it does take work, but after doing your reading, like influencing is a very natural skill of yours. It's something that you just, I think when you hone in on that, which you are obviously doing in your work in so many different ways, it shines very effortlessly. But I also get to see these other sides of you where this is just Georgia in her everyday life and not just Georgia as an entrepreneur. Right. Well, thank you. First of all, so kind of you to say, but I think it's interesting when we did our reading, obviously we talked so much more about that and just how that like the quote, like ability to be like an influencer is a part of my, I guess, chart. And yeah, it's obviously a full circle moment with what I do for work, but mm-hmm. it's, I feel the very same way. If I, and there's so many people out there that are, you know, whether it's like a fashion blogger or just like the super curated vlog feeds and things like that, which Part of me appreciates it for the like artistic yes. value that it provides. Cause I'm like, that took a lot of work to make that look at that aesthetically pleasing. I know that 
for a fact, just from, you know, you understand how filming goes and things like that. But I've said this so much on my feet over time. Like I'm just not that girl. Like I like, obviously we like things to look nice. Like everyone looks, you know, wants their stuff to look pretty and whatnot, but I, one just don't really have time to, to like have a perfectly lit studio for my, either it's a recipe or it's a, you know, for my outfit, whatever it is. Like I would rather show things kind of in real life and in real time. Cause one, that's just simply what to your point feels authentic to me yeah. and just realistic with my life. But two, I think you find that people, maybe not everyone, but there will be people out there and the people that are actually meant to be kind of in your sort of quote, like community are attracted to that. And in terms of you know social media, that kind of perspective and feed probably is not going to be what blows up and is, you know, the millions of followers versus the feed that's perfectly curated and aesthetic because people like to look at that kind of stuff. But I do think it builds perhaps more of an actual community of people that resonate versus just a following of people that like to see what you're sharing, you know, Um, which I think is a big thing that I think about a lot is kind of similar to the, are you creating more than you consume? And it's, you know, are you really working to build like a community or a following? I think that that's a very interesting Mm -hmm. thing to ponder for anyone in our sort of realm, because those things are very different, you know, and you can build an amazing community and business that's not, you know, millions of followers. And oftentimes I think that people that are focused solely on growth and the following, it's, it doesn't necessarily lend itself to people that are really, you know, invested in you and what you have to share and, you know, the value that you're providing. Those things are numbers don't necessarily lend themselves to that, but that's kind of a tangent, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Wow. I loved that. The difference between a community and a following, because like you said, they are very, very different. And I've met people who are wildly successful and have no presence on social media or people who have a few hundred followers and they're booked out for the entire year. So I I agree. I think it comes down to what your you know, what your objectives are too. You know, is it, I want to have more clients and I want to build a program or I want to do X, Y, Z. And, you know, you don't need to, to have millions of followers to do that. It's right. It's what you're focused on, of course. And, um, you're right. You know, there are so many people out there that have super amazing thriving businesses that aren't even on social media at all. So yeah, kind of get hyper-focused on stuff that it's not really the end all be all of what matters, you know? Yeah. And at the end of the day, I always say this to people, if you find value in something, someone else will, because you exist and you're sitting here and you think that whatever you're sharing has value, that means that someone else out there will. So if you are someone that loves the perfectly curated, aesthetically pleasing feed, amazing, that's what you should create. And odds are you setting up the lights and the camera and this and that, you probably love it. You probably love it. Right. And that's great. Yeah. Great. And you want to prioritize your time. You want to do that. But then there's people like us who take a more realistic approach Mm -hmm. and there's, there's room for everyone. 100%. And that's so true. It's not to say that those kinds of accounts or feeds are bad. Like I said, I, part of me, I'm like, God, I envy that. I wish I could make it look so easy. I know that's not easy. And I wish I knew how to do that because there's a lot of skill that's involved in that, that I do not have. But again, I think it just comes down to what's, you know, is the visual aspect of creating content, what really lights you up and gives you joy. And that's great. I, that's just not where my skill set lies. I don't think, Mm -hmm. and just put my value, I guess on, you know, it's creating, it's creating value for people in a different way. You know, it's what takes tips can they have? What actual things can they do from this versus just, you know, being something that's pleasant to look at, which those things are, one's not necessarily more valuable than the other. It's just a different approach, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to backtrack a little bit to the start of this brand that you've built for yourself and you have something called a gut intuition. And I know that you have allowed your gut and your sacral response to really lead you in every aspect of life, not only just in career, but 
relationships and meeting new people and opportunities. So how has your gut intuition played a role in you deciding to start this business and kind of what was your starting point? Was it the blog and how did it blossom into the coach and the influencer and everything else that has come? Right. I mean, I think everyone to a certain extent has, of course, that gut intuition, but that was something obviously we talked a lot about in my reading with you. And I think just to see that coming up resonated because I feel like there's so many times I've had conversations with Sam or my mom, or I'm like, okay, you know, I, about my intuition and how, when I actually listen to that, things are so much easier for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can look back at any of the decisions or challenges and things like that, that I've had over the years with personally, professionally, whatever that I knew in my gut, I guess, like at my core, kind of what was the right thing, but sometimes it takes you longer to get there than like, you know, uh, but I think really to your question, the first time I really, I felt that in this, I guess, scenario is in that first job that I had out of school, even before I stepped foot in the place, I just knew that this was just not it because one gut instinct, just no, but obviously too, it was just, it, it didn't add up. It wasn't in the, the field I wanted to be in. I knew that I could do so much more. It just mm-hmm. was not using my strengths in any way, really, or in a way that I guess felt aligned with how I wanted to use my strengths. And I think I felt that I needed to go kind of do the thing that everyone's supposed to do out of school. You know, you go work a corporate job, you go, you know, work your way up the ladder and that's the next yep. step after graduate. And so I think that I really maybe was grappling with what I felt was right for me, which it's hard because at that point it wasn't really clear, but I knew it wasn't that it was anything, but what I was doing and the need to, you know, what I thought would be pleasing to my parents and acceptable with my peers and what I should be doing, you know, post-college and that sort of stuff. So I think that was probably at the crux of my quarter life crisis was just feeling like I was quote, like failing at something, which is not something that I like to do. No one likes to do that, but hadn't really had a experience like that to date at that point of doing, you know, really having a quote, like failure, you know, going to a job and quitting. Like that seemed like the most catastrophic thing ever, which looking back, like who cares? It was not, I mean, it was just a stepping stone in my journey, but it seemed like a really big deal. But I think my gut feeling overpowered the need to do the conventional thing. And I'm very grateful that I listened to that and took a risk and decided to quit my job and take a totally different route because it obviously has grown and evolved to what it is now. And I think if I'm just really mindful of listening to that intuition, it just seems to make big decisions like that so much clearer, even though in the short term, it's seen as painful or it is painful. Mm-hmm. It always seems to work out in the big scheme, you know? Yeah. I can relate to that so much. I felt the exact same way with my corporate job. I knew the first step that I took into that building, I'm not meant to be here by doing it. it. But of course there was this part of me that wanted to kind of just see it through. And then I developed crippling anxiety and I was so depressed and I was in the worst state that I've ever been in, but I'm so incredibly grateful for that experience because I know that I will never be in that experience again. Yeah, that I so resonate with that. And that's, yeah, my experience completely. Super depressed, super anxious, just so unsure and so unhappy, but you don't really know what else to go do. You know, you're yeah. you're right out of college. You don't really know what else is out there. And it, looking back, I am to your point too, so grateful that I had that really miserable experience because it, it opened my eyes to the fact that, okay, perhaps I'm not a corporate girly. And like, I don't like being told what to do. I don't like having to be somewhere at a specific time and end, end at a specific time and do work that seems kind of useless. And for somebody else, it it showed me so many things that just were not in alignment with anything that was that I valued. And it made yeah. me so much more clear on, okay, so that being said, you know, what kind of work is fulfilling to me. And mm-hmm. I know I like wellness, but how can I actually bring value to other people's lives? And 
that's, you know, how can I make that an actual career? And it, it forced me to do a lot of introspection and, you know, just figure out how to make what was important to me actually work. Yeah. And I think if anything, I learned through that corporate experience, wow, my intuition was getting louder and louder and louder and stronger and stronger and stronger and giving me very physical symptoms in my body that I know weren't the right feelings that I wanted to feel because I was going against what I intuitively felt. Yes, I felt the exact same way as you. I knew that I was meant for more. I knew that this was not it, but I didn't know what the next thing was, but I knew that this was not the place that I was meant to be in for damn sure. Mm -hmm. Right. No, I think that's so interesting. Yeah. I think you're, you do manifest those sort of feelings you know, it creates whether it comes out in it's anxiety or whatever it is. I do think that your intuition has so many ways of telling you that something's not right, but we just, sometimes our brains are like the last one to accept that. Yeah. Which is so, but it's so true. I completely resonate with that. So what was the first stepping stone? Was it the blog? Was it you getting your coaching certification? Kind of walk me through what the business started off as and what first envisioned it four years ago and how it's blossomed and what it's, you know, grown into now. Right. So when I first started it, so when I quit my corporate job, I actually, because I was like, you know, my parents were like, we support you you go do that, quit it, but like, you need to have a plan. <laughs> and of yeah. course that's, I'm like, I don't have a plan. Uh-huh. I, what else do I go to? So I actually went back to grad school for my NBA. I stayed in Austin and at St. Edwards in Austin. So doing that, at least at that time, it provided the, the structure perhaps and the support mm-hmm. of something and learning, obviously. And I loved being a student. I loved going to school. I would be in school forever if I had my choice. It was the best. But because of that, I was like, this is comfortable for me. And it's something that is parent approved. And well, at that time too, I thought that, okay, you know, maybe this is the extra quote, like experience that I need to go get a job at Whole Foods or get a job at a health brand that's based in Austin. Because in college, that's really where I had set my sights on was, you know, I want to go work for health and wellness company. And Austin has Mm -hmm. so many of those, but I think I quickly learned that, you know, none of those companies were hiring for people right out of college. (laughs) They wanted people with experience. And that was the roadblock that I ran into, which led me to taking a job that totally out of that field. But at that time I was like, okay, I hate this job, but maybe I need to go back and get the experience. And then I'll be a desirable candidate to a place like Whole Foods or whatever. And through that journey of, well, I went back to school. And at that same time, I was like, I'm going to go back to grad school but I also, I need to do something that brings me joy because I'm so miserable and I feel like I've lost myself so much in this job. And my mom was like, you, you know, have talked about like wanting to start a blog. You love to write, you love food, you love wellness. Like just start a website, start a social, you know, an Instagram, whatever. So I was like, okay, maybe this is the time to do it because now's the season of new beginnings. So I was in school, started my blog and it didn't take me long. <laughs> the intuition again, and in grad school, to make me realize, I was like, you know, this is great and all education is never wasted, but I don't think I want to go work for anybody. I don't care who it is. It doesn't have to be, it could be whole foods or it could be whoever that doesn't matter to me. It wasn't, you know, what necessarily the company was doing that mattered. It was just, I was like, I need to work for myself. That became very evident. And as I, you know, was slowly kind of building up my website and working more on, on the Instagram and things like that, it was so fun. And it brought me so much joy. And I actually felt like I was, you know, you connected with people, you're kind of building a community, you're helping people and sort of the green light went on. I'm like, okay, I love doing this, but how can I continue doing this, but also make it an actual business and a job. And that is, so I guess I had was in school doing that and really just doing my stuff for fun for over a year. And then kind of, again, sort of the gut intuition is just being aware of the signs that are being sent to you, but had just seen over and over again, just people that I was following or random things come up that people you know, were health coaches and they had their certification through this program, which I'd never heard of before. And, you know, learn more about it, decided I'm like, okay, one, the curriculum and everything just speaks to, you know, how I feel about wellness, a holistic approach, all that good stuff. 
And it also just seemed like a really great way to translate what I was already doing into obviously an actual business, but a way to actually help people and work with people one on versus just, you know, sharing things on the internet. So that was kind of how that evolved and, you know, went through that training program, had my certification and then started taking on clients and that sort of evolved. And, you know, obviously at the same time, still continuing to work on my social media and my website and blog and all that good stuff. So that's kind of how it morphed. And, you know, even now I don't feel like I'm at the end of my journey by any means, you know, the beautiful thing about what both of us do to a certain extent is, you know, there's so many options, you know, you can start a podcast, you can go take on clients, you can stop taking clients, you could go start selling, you know, I don't know, a product, you can, you know, so many things. And so I feel like, you know, I've loved what I've done and I have no desire to change it necessarily, but it's, it'll be exciting to see how it kind of continues to evolve and grow as I change too. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about it. Yeah. And I think it's all about honing in on not only what you're naturally gifted and skilled at, but also just like what you said, where that gut intuition was speaking up very loudly and very clearly because you enjoyed what you were doing. Right. Yeah. And and being a generator, like you just can't dismiss these feelings of this feels really good. And I find myself being so enthusiastic and so lit up by what I'm doing. So this clearly has to be leading me in the right direction, even if I don't have all the answers. And even if the path is not perfectly paved right in front of me, because guess what? No one's path is. (laughs) And you continue (laughs) on and, you know, really establish this very deep connection of I'm going to continue to trust you for wherever you are leading me. You know, you are now so multifaceted and you are skilled in so many different ways. And just like you said, maybe in the season of my life, I want to stop taking on as many clients and focus my energy on this and go and do that. So having that sense of self-awareness and assurement in yourself is really like all the answers that you really need. Right. I think that that's so true. And it's not only a benefit of, like I said, of doing this and you, it's malleable. Like you are your own boss. You get mm-hmm. how many clients you take on or not take on or want to focus on this new project or not. That's half of the benefit of doing this is you can just make those decisions for yourself. But to your point too, I think being intuitive about the kind of projects that you take on and leaning into what feels good, like you said, is so important because that's been something I've learned so many things. I'm, again, I'm not an expert, but I've learned a lot over the years of just doing this and, you know, seeing what other people are doing. You're like, oh gosh, okay, I need to launch a course or I need to do this or I need to do that. And I know intuitively, you know, when I've been working on things like this just is not it. Why am I doing this? I don't want to do this, but I felt like I needed to. And every time I have one of those experiences, I feel like I learned that lesson the hard way again and again. And I think I've gotten so much better at just being okay with doing what feels good to me. And that is going to look different than the next coach or my friend or whoever, because when you do stuff because you think other people want you to, like it's just people can feel that, you know, it doesn't feel joyful and thick. And the things I've put out there or produced that, you know, I I didn't have that feeling about, they're never as successful. And you learn that lesson. You're like, okay, maybe I should just really focus on the stuff that feels good to me. And that's okay. It doesn't have to be what everyone else is doing. Yeah. And accepting that. For sure. And being okay with that, you know, is almost the hardest part. Yeah, it definitely is the hardest part for sure. So what are you working on right now? Where is your focus being funneled? So right now I have a very fun, it's been a work in progress for a while, but I'm hopefully maybe by the end of summer, we'll see um, how quickly this gets finalized, but I've been working on, it's, it's like a guide slash journal slash workbook situation. And I guess this was last summer. I led this kind of quit like boot camp that was, you know, five days. It was a couple of in-person sessions, a couple of like recorded sessions, all about, you know, helping people like shift their mindset towards wellness, establish goals um, from a holistic perspective and kind of like give that a kickstart in your wellness and health routine from like things I would use with my clients, providing them those resources and tips and all that good stuff. But after doing that, I was like, you know, how can I transpose this into another form that is just easier for people to 
do themselves versus having to like, you know, be at a certain place at a certain time. So I've been working on this. It's, you know, kind of a guide, like I said, but there also are like workbooks, you know, activities in it. There's like a wellness journal aspect to it as well. So that's been again, a work in progress because I'm by no means a designer. So I've had to bring, bring on some help for that. Uh, but that's a very exciting, like fun thing that I'm hopefully, like I said, going to be launching maybe by the end of summer, we'll see. Uh, but that's been a fun project. And then same thing, you know, take, I still working with clients, but also, you know, social media and that kind of stuff too. It's kind of a little bit of everything, but launching that workbook slash guide will be like a fun thing to have under my belt because it's been, it's been a work in progress for a minute. Yeah. Amazing. I've known about this for a little bit and I'm so excited to see it come to light. So I will definitely include yeah. a link to that whenever it is made available. Yes. The last thing that I wanted to ask is what is something that you are finding challenging right now that you are struggling and how are you working through it? Ooh, that is a really great question. I think, I mean, I feel like it's always things I'm struggling with. I do find, and I'm kind of bringing it full circle. I definitely become so much better at this over time, but I do think that the mindless scrolling is something that I feel like it's a trap we all fall into and really try to be better about setting limits on it. And personally for me, like TikTok is one that I just can't even open the app because it's just so (laughs) addictive. And so I feel like I've been trying, so struggling with just like utilizing my time on social media effectively and not just on like, you know, using my time throughout my day effectively time blocking a little bit better. And, you know, when I have projects or like, you know, tasks I need to get done, not looking at my phone during those times. And I'm sure you find this too. It, you know, when you're using social media, if you're in your phone in general, so much for your job, it's just this thing that you have on you all the time and it, it like sucks you in. And so I'm trying to be better about not being on my phone quite as much. And I'm, I've definitely been better in like the morning, the evening, just trying to like shut it off before bed not dive into it first thing in the morning. So I think trying to limit that is very helpful for my mental health, if nothing else, but also just using apps wisely and trying not to get sucked into using them during times that I don't need to be on my phone. Yeah. And again, it takes us back to creating over consuming. Yeah. 100%. Like creating it and sharing things and then letting it be and not... Yes getting sucked into being there on it every moment every day. Yes, exactly. Okay. I lied. I have one more thing that I want to ask. Kind of of just like a a tip that you could give to someone. This can be in the, in the wellness space, in the, you know, mental health space, just a tip that you would want to share with people. I love that. This is sounds so simple. But I, ever since we've been moving here, Sam and I've talked about this because we've just been doing it so much more and that is walking. And again, that sounds so like basic and everyone's going to tell you that, but there's just something about walking that is just so good for everything, like mental health, physical health, all the things. And maybe just because we have, you know, it's fun to walk a new neighborhood after moving and things like that. We've been more enticed to do it, but I truly just feel like it is the best time of my day if I can get out on a walk and I think another tip with that is going on walks and not always feeling the need to like be on your phone on the walk or listen to something on your walk. You know, obviously I love listening to podcasts. I mean, a walk is a good time to do that, but I sometimes think that just like going for a walk and like leaving your phone at home or just going on a walk and not listening to music, like just be there and be present. You actually get so much more out of it. Even if it's a short walk, I think that that's something I've been trying to do more of is just not feeling like I need to use that walk to like catch up on things or, you know, constantly be doing something while I'm doing this activity that's supposed to be for stress relief and throwing stressful things on top of it, you know? Yeah. I think I see a lot of people on social media talking about the, the idea of habit stacking. Yeah. Kind Mm -hmm. of straight away from habit stacking because I've learned when it comes to my focus, I want to be all in on the one thing yeah. I'm doing. And I find that I am so much more efficient and effective with what I'm doing when I'm giving my all to it, rather than let me try to like stretch and listen to this podcast and reply to this. Yeah. And I'm just like, I start to spiral. And that's <laughs> something that I have really gravitated towards is I'm such a huge walker. 
And I have found yeah. the times that I, you know, kind of overcome this inertia of I don't need my phone and I don't need to catch up with someone right now. Yeah. Something, a channeled message or just this connection yeah. I get with myself comes through in that moment, even if it's just a 10 minute walk where I'm yeah. like, oh shit, I really needed this. And I'm so glad that I didn't, put my phone and I didn't feel like I needed to constantly be in communication with something or someone. I agree. I think that what really just comes down to like having intentional quiet time or, and, or intentional focused time. I think that's so yeah. true. You know, there is something to be said about habit stacking, but if it's to the point that you're not being mindful and present for what you're doing, okay, well then it's just sort of a waste of time. You're, you're doing yeah. two things sort of poorly, you know, then maybe just do yeah. that one task at 100% attention and then, you know, go to the next. But I would agree with that. I think the times that I, whether it's walking or it's just, you know, doing anything else without my phone, without trying to, you know, work or do something else. That's typically when I feel like creativity is sort of sparks. And mm-hmm. when you, to your point, you receive a message or you get a really good idea about something. And those things don't come to you when you're focused on your phone, you're focused on your email or whatever it is. Yeah. So you, you need that intentional quiet time not just for your mental health, because you do, but also for your creativity and your intuition to a certain extent to kind of shine through. Yeah. You need that space. It's like the space in between. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. And I think so many people avoid the space in between because they're afraid of what might happen if things are quiet. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many people are scared. I'm like, what are you scared of? It's just you. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's true. And that that's really where I think the phone stuff comes in because it's a distraction and, or yeah. whether it's phone TV, talking to people on the phone, even listening to stuff all the time, whatever it's, you know, it's, can, there's so many benefits of those things, but if it's to escape being alone by yourself, well, okay. That's a whole nother discussion, you know? Exactly. Well, I think we are going to wrap up this episode I will include all of George's links in the show notes, but anything else that you want to mention, where can people find you? How can they work with you? Are you taking on new clients right now? I am not taking on clients until September. We will be traveling for a bit, um, end of August for quite a while. And so I'm just trying to, you know, not be gone for people for weeks on end. So that will be in, I guess, the near future. And otherwise I... I'm on Instagram slash other social media things at goodness with G and that's my website as well. So that's where people can find me, reach out, get info on health coaching, all that stuff. Amazing. Well, I'm so looking forward to this guide journal book, whatever you want to call yes. it. That's coming out so soon. And I just wanted to express my gratitude for all of the unconditional love and support that you have given me. It has been like, of course. so it just means so much to me. To not only have connected with you, but to like have this level of resonance Mm -hmm. between you and I and and what we do and what we share in our businesses. So I'm very grateful that you have crossed my path. Me too. And thank you for having me on. I'm so excited about your podcast. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Well, this wraps up this episode and stay tuned for the next one. Thank you for listening.